this is Schmitty, and you're listening to my podcast, Talking Schmidt. Today on the show, I'm delighted to bring you my interview with my friend Keegan Souter. Keegan has a great track record of skating for companies such as Real Stereo Zero and even Blood Wizard. Before we get into that, though, I want to give a special shout out to the New York DIY crew for sending me a special birthday gift. I got that GNR appetite poster with the original artwork by Robert Williams. Thank you guys so much. Very unexpected stoke. I'm covering the mic with my hand because my executive director is still sleeping. It's early morning, kids. Just had my coffee down at Phil's, trying to get that Phil's sponsor. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I hope you guys are all acclimating to the daylight savings era of 2021. And Canadian shops, if you're listening and want to dabble in some talking Schmidt soft goods, hit up the good people at Platform Distribution. They got you covered. This is episode 139, which has sparked the question, who should be number 150? Email your thoughts to talkingschmidt at gmail.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. So cool to catch up with my good friend, Keegan. It's been way too long. Hopefully I'll see him soon. You guys keep listening, keep promoting, keep provoking Keep stoking. Make sure there's laughs aplenty in your life. It's not as bad as it may seem. Until next time, Nanu, Nanu. Look at that. Blood wizard. The casting spells to the deepest docks of the world. Look at that shit, dude. Todd Bradford, much respect and love. Thank you so much. This came out really cool. Long sleeves on talkingschmidt.com. Get them while you can. All right, let's do this. I'm a little hopped up because I get to meet my long lost friend. His name is Keegan. Let's invite him in. Hello, this is Keegan Sauter, and you're listening to Talkin' Schmidt. It's cool, like tonight is the night. Here we go again. Just give it the all cause turn. All big dogs in. 96 times, Schmitty. Thanks, Schmitty. We on? Schmitty? Talking Schmidt. That's called going to the hospital, bitch. I be shitting my pants. Glad. Your Rolodex is fucking deep. It's right. about the one. The one. The one. Who is this guy? He thinks he's tough shit. What's up? We're tastemakers. Come on, Schmitty. What the fuck? Let's hear it for Greg Smith. Hello, hello, hello. How are y'all today? Good evening. This is Smitty, and we're waiting on Keegan up in Vancouver, Canada. We got a long time since I've talked to him by anything less than a text. So we're going to be stoked. 
Hold on. Let me get my situation situated. Uh, Keegan apparently doesn't have a lot of Zoom experience. Let's see what we can do with this cord. So let's hope it all works out. I think it will. I have faith. Okay. But you know what? I don't understand if anyone's out there and can help me hook up the Joe Rogan situation where the wire is not my way. Uh Oh, look at, look at this. Look at this. Who do we got? Who do we got? Is it on? Is it working? Whoa. <laughs> Continue. Hey. Hey. Wow. Hey, hey. How are you? finally happened. Dude, you're like a Zoom fucking expert. <laughs> this is my first time. What's wrong with you? It's, it's, <laughs> it seems like you just nailed it first try. Uh, I had to look it up. Um, I only just realized... Your first name is Greg. Like, ding. (laughs) (laughs) I I was just like, Schmitty, I'm going to talk to my friend Schmitty. What's his first name? I don't know. (laughs) I get that a lot. Actually, my wife, the day we got married and we changed our legal names, she was like, wait, your name is Greg? Is that that real? (laughs) (laughs) How did you make it that far without even? (laughs) Hey, when I'm in the sheets, I'm Schmitty, but I'm just Greg on the streets. Street Greg. No, you were Schmitty in the streets too. <laughs> uh, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, currently unemployed, which is amazing. Jeez, I bet. Do you get benefits up there? Uh, well, I'm, I'm on employment insurance benefit. So like I was working, so you're just eligible for it. I, I like, I left my job, took a, took a break. Okay. It was like, uh, like kind of three years straight pretty much nonstop. Yeah. So it's like needed, needed a break. Wasn't doing anything, but really just working. Hella choppering. Uh, well I was, but only like two months of the year I would actually fly. And then the rest of the time it was like, we'd get a big break over Christmas, but the rest of the time it was like kind of on call nonstop. Like pretty, pretty much like most helicopter work happens like out of towns and stuff, like pretty remote. Like uh-huh. it's kind of like, it's just like an industrial tool. So I would be like truck driving and like, cause they like a diesel truck. Yeah. Like a big, like semi truck. Like I like, ended up getting my get trucking license. license. Oh shit. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like when you, when you get a pilot's license, like the, the first thing that happens is you go out in the world and no one gives a shit that you got a pilot's license. It's like, you just have to work. You work as ground crew and there's people ahead of you, people coming up behind you. Uh. And so you're kind of just at the mercy of the industry to just kind of like pay your dues, like prove that you can show up somewhere on time not crash trucks like they just get you to be like ground crew like refueling and moving stuff around and just like playing the support role which is good because you do have to do that like you can work with people and they're like you're like how did you even get dressed today (laughs) (laughs) and so they just want to see that you're not a total dingus but you have to do that for a while and then the first thing they would do at this place i was working for 
it was like a spray company so they would do like aerial fertilizer so they would fertilize like places that have been logged and then replanted mm. and that's what they do most of the year so you can be like ground crew for super low wage like refueling just living in a travel trailer out in the bush like <laughs> six months a year or you can be out in the bush the whole time but they'll pay you more for driving a truck so i was like well i'm here i might as well if you're living in the bush where do you store the ice cream Oh, yeah. Oh, see. Oh, yeah. It gets deep. That was few and far between. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of the, a lot of times is in hotels, too. So if you get a fridge that's big enough, you can <laughs> keep ice cream in there. I would yeah. totally do that. But yeah, it's a crazy existence. Like living, it was kind of like being on a skate trip, but you never skate and you just work every hour of daylight uh-huh. every day. Fuck. So it was like crop dusting or something like just feeding and yeah. 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 Pretty, pretty much. And then like you drive the truck full of like fertilizer and stuff like that. And you just, it, it's all like BC, it's all mountains. So mm. you're like taking the fertilizer. This could be like the most boring conversation you've ever had. <laughs> no. Um, you're basically just hauling fertilizer like up, back up the mountain to where the cut blocks are and you load it into the helicopter like right there you're trying to basically minimize the amount of time that they have to fly because that's the expensive part right so you're just like a highway truck brings it to like as far as they can go like a big ass like huge tractor trailer truck and then they can't make it up these hills so we're in like um like trucks that it's like kind of looks like a cement truck or something like it's a grain truck uh-huh. and so we can get up like the shittier mountain roads yeah so then we take it like as far as we can drive and try to get like up up to the area where like the logging first happens so it's on like crazy steep mountainsides you just right. do that all day what what about did you ever have any of the bros hit you up to go heliboarding like snowboarding where you helicopter up and drop them off or something? You know that if I if I manage to make it further, which I, I hope I do, I'll get to do that. But the company I worked for, they like strictly did they called aerial applications or just spray work, like some kind of spray work. They didn't do uh, any tourism, no firefighting, nothing. Oh, like, okay. It's pretty amazing. Like, it's just like, you think you can land there? Like, yeah, that works. (laughs) (laughs) Like if, like the good pilots, like if they can fit, they're just like, yep, that's fine. Yeah. I bet you get to see some rad shit though. What about this? True or false? Your engine exploded one time and you somehow made it. Uh, Yeah. That was my first, first year flying. So I've only flown two seasons and they would send us to Winnipeg. And that's where like, Typically, any company will send like a, a new pilot somewhere uh-huh. flat out of the mountains in the bad weather that are in BC. Right. And that's where then they just want you to like just get good at flying. Nothing's like super critical. There's no like mountains or fog or rain and snow and like just other problems like that. And then, yeah, my first season was flying a piston engine helicopter and it through a rod and uh i was i did get so lucky like that i happened to be like everything lined up perfectly that i was like 
flying into wind, which you need to make an emergency landing. Like that's ideal. And then I also just happened to be over an empty field, like this guy's acreage, like north of the city. Oh, so man. like every, every, I Coming got really hot. lucky. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like everything, everything lined up to be like, just like perfect. Like if you were ever going to have. So what do you do? Flight. You kind of just glide down or how's it? Um, what do you- well, yeah. Helicopters can glide. So there's like, there's a thing called a freewheel unit or like a clutch in between the engine and the transmission. So that if your engine does stop, your rotors are still, they're just freewheeling now. Okay. And then pretty much when a helicopter engine fails, um, because you're now like descending really rapidly, you have a descent airflow from below and that kind of spins the rotors like a kid's pinwheel toy that you like blow on. So that keeps your rotor RPM at like an operational level because you, yeah, you need, they can't stop spinning. If the, if you had like a transmission problem and your rotor stopped, then you're just like, that's your free fall. Fucked. <laughs> that's like, yeah, you're like, you're just, it's like you're in a car now. You don't have wings. <laughs> so but, how, um, how scared were you? Did you think you were going to die or did you feel like, oh, I got this, but it's going to be sketchy? Like you practice it. It's called an auto rotation. Oh, really? And it's practiced a lot in flight school. Like you practice engine failures, like in a hover, flying, like you practice them low, high. Um, The higher you are, the better it is because you just have more time. Right. Like height equals time. So you can like think about where you want to land or you can like, you can, you have a certain like, maybe say it's like a half a mile per thousand feet of height. Right. So the higher you are, you just like have all this time, but I was only a hundred feet and I was like max gross weight, like full of all this. I was spraying for mosquitoes in Winnipeg. So it was like oh full, first flight of the morning. It was like six fifteen in the morning. So it was like full fuel, 400 pounds of larvicide. And that that's harder too. It's like, you're super heavy. Dude. That seems sketchy, <laughs> um, man. At first it was like the engine just made this like violent kind of like bang, this crazy bang. Cause the, the engine case actually split like this crack. that was like a foot <laughs> long <laughs> and just, and then it kind of starts to like the rotor RPM starts to kind of bleed off because you don't have like an engine driving it anymore so like at first just that like initial just the feeling of that i was just like oh my god like this is me right now like and it it is like terrifying like you just is like and it's so fast it was only it was i was probably on the ground within like four seconds or five seconds like okay it's really fast when you're super low so it was all over and done with really quick and it was just like a dream when i remember it but it was just like just this like sickening feeling of like fuck and then just basically just like probably like a half a second of just taking in like what was actually happening and what i was feeling like the aftermath is a little more freaky because you have time to absorb it yeah but and but luckily like uh you know, I don't know. You never know. Like if you're just going to like go, ah, <laughs> freeze up. But luckily like all the training like kicked in yeah. and I like, and like 
entered like auto rotative flight had to keep like you have to keep your eyes up so you're not getting like ground rush and you can't tell like when it's time because you like flare the helicopter and then like because you've preserved the rotor rpm you get like one final pull of the collective to just like cushion it down right and i just so i was just like hearing my instructor's voice in my head and stuff like eyes up eyes up and then like and, and when I did the flare, too, because the engine cracked, all this oil was all over the exhaust. So when I, like, flared, you slow down all the forward flight. Right. All the forward speed and all the descent speed drops off. And I was in, I had the door off, and I was, like, enveloped in a cloud of smoke. <laughs> oh, my. So, like, so I didn't know, like, and I was just, like, watching it all, like, whoa, smoke. And I'm still, like, <laughs> doing the the landing and stuff and then i just like i landed and i wasn't i still wasn't even sure i was like am i gonna roll over am i gonna see like rotor blades hitting the ground and just parts everywhere mm. but then it just like the machine just slumped over to its side like i had a slight drift to the right so i folded the right skid and it just kind of settled there and then i was just like waiting and then the rotor rotors are just slowing down like okay wait for them to stop and then i just like grabbed my like up and down book and like my lunch and just like threw it outside and just like shut off the fuel shut off everything and just got out and just like took my helmet off and just like uh. fuck <laughs> 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 like just tripping and then and then like all like the ELTs going off, like beep, 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 beep. So like fire, police, ambulance are all like going to this blinking yeah. thing. And I just like started calling people like. I'm alive. Like, you know, hit the pay phone. What up? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I mean, the, there's like protocols and stuff of like who to call, you know, like call your office manager, all this. Like oh, first thing, I just like first thing I did was just like I just called like the owner. I was like, hey, Craig, uh, it's Keegan. <laughs> all good just had an engine failure it's like he's like in bc like two hours behind or whatever and, oh um my girlfriend was in winnipeg and i'm just like fuck i just landed in like a guy's like acreage like north of town i'm like is like what if she's waking up and like turns on the news and like helicopter wow. crash landing and I'm just like yeah so i just like text her like hey i'm all good <laughs> <laughs> If you see anything weird on the news, um, it was me, but I'm fine. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, it was such a weird experience. Like my coworkers, like they were out flying as well. There's like four of us. So like one of them came and uh, he land he landed there, and then like yeah, fire and ambulance and everyone like came up and just like checked her like. Uh, okay do you want us to like check you out i guess i was like okay i'll get in the name just dude yeah just like yeah it seems like you're fine like okay uh <laughs> nothing was on fire like it was just fine and then i my coworker greg he was rad he was just like we're gonna fly back to the hangar he's like you're you're flying i was like okay yeah let's do this like i need to just like get get that behind me Right, right. Yeah, I was wondering that. Like, if, if the next time you're just kind of like, ooh. Yeah, and then I ended so that was good. And then those guys were, like, my coworkers are really rad. They, like, like we have trailers for the helicopters. They're pretty small. So we, like, 
they had to go and like hire a crane truck to come and they they like cleaned it all up and like put it on the trailer and packed it up and stuff mm-hmm. and they were just like go take the day off just go hang out with your girlfriend like don't worry we got this i was like fuck thanks um yeah i went and like bought a new board <laughs> i was like i'm gonna buy a new board today <laughs> went to the skate park and it's like fuck <laughs> yeah what yeah. the fuck just happened <laughs> Oh man, dude! I'm glad you're okay. Weird, yeah, weird experience. And then yeah, I just had to. I just had to quit to like kind of take a break and kind of learn how to live again because I was just working. Okay. Like, Does fuck. learn how to live again mean surfing? Yeah, surfing, skating. Like I still want to fly helicopters, but I just want to have more of a life balance if I can. What's surfing like up there? Is it freezing? Um, you know, it's it's kind of similar water temperature to like Ocean Beach. Oh, really? Yeah, it I mean it gets colder and it's colder outside. But like I surfed yesterday, um, it's pretty. It's probably not as consistently good. I don't think, but it's it's rad. Like yesterday we surfed, it was pissing rain so fucking hard. This it's been is raining Vanco- for like, in Vancouver, right? No, this is Vancouver Island. Oh, you're on the island. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I've been trying to surf, but it's also been really, really stormy. So like, kind of uh, not, not so good. I'm not a super gnarly surfer either. So like, sometimes it's good, but it's really big, and I'm not that gnarly. Scary. And it's winter. Winter is like bigger. Kind of like San Francisco too. Okay. Yeah. So it's just like tropical it's a lot like nicaragua it's hot white sand beaches whoa slow it down girls walking around topless because it's just it's dripping hot yeah it's insane it's (laughs) (laughs) no it it does rain it's like vancouver it rains so much i've been there actually i've been there when's the last time were you up when Last time I was in Vancouver was the contest at the North Van. But when I was when I graduated high school, I went on a trip up there and we went to the island. That was the only time I went to the island. Yeah, it's a bit of a mission to get out here. Mm-hmm. Like the ferry is expensive and it's like three, three ish hours, right. two and a half three hours. Yeah. On, all the way to the west side. You got to do what you got to do. Can you skate out there? Is there places to skate? There's two skate parks. Okay, rad. Like, I'm in Uculet, and then Tofino is this other town that's... They're bas- They're really similar. It's like a little... Two towns at the end of the road. And Tofino's got a brewery that has a bowl indoor, but I haven't skated that since before all the COVID stuff. I think they had to shut it down because they didn't want to be like responsible for an outbreak or something. We had to shut down our honeymoon for a few months because of that. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was like, you know, when you're growing up in a suburban town as a white kid, people talk about the depression and all these things that happened before my time that I couldn't relate to. And this is the first time where I'm like, maybe this is similar to like Vietnam or like the depression or something like this is a really big world event. That's like, it's challenging, you know? I mean, like, I, I keep the optimism high, but, like, there, it's still yeah. it's still not easy, you know? <laughs> it's, de- it's, it's definitely, like, a bummer for our time. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- this is... And I, I mean, feel like I was not- just about to turn pro. 
Like I just was <laughs> like, dude, I got, I was getting calls and then now nobody's returning my calls. It sucks. Fuck. I think we were close. <laughs> Definitely COVID that's keeping us down. man. I like to blame everything on COVID. If it wasn't for COVID, you'd probably have a shoe on New Balance, Adidas, Nike. Yeah, DC. I know. Dude, uh, I want to talk to you about the early days, though, because I'm 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 not exactly sure. Yeah. Did you, were you born in Vancouver? I was actually born in Nelson, which is eight hours east of here. Well, eight hours east of Vancouver. Oh, okay. It's in DC still, and it's like pretty much parallel with the border in Vancouver. But it's just it's like it's a pretty small town as well, like ten thousand people. Did you grow up there a little bit? Yeah, until lived there till I was 15. Oh, so that's where you discovered skateboarding? Yeah, we were actually so lucky in that town because there was somehow a pretty solid skate scene. And when I was about 10, some parents rallied and got an indoor park. No way. Like they, they got possession of this industrial building that the city was owned and wasn't using. And I think they, they just made a deal to rent this unused building and put ramps in it, which was huge because I don't even, there's isn't, the park is actually still there. It oh. still has ramps in it. And it's like, that's 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And there isn't even an indoor currently in Vancouver. But like no. that town has had one, which is, it's random that, because that kept us skating there's like six months of the year probably like the weather's pretty well there's just snow <laughs> so like yeah you need the indoor November, yeah so that like some that happened and then i have an older brother and he was he was skating uh, like maybe six months before that park opened like must have been 1990 and he got like an actual skateboard like a powell peralta or something and then with, as soon as he was doing that, I was like, I want to do that. And then like the park opened. What did you go with? Like, What's what, that? What board did you go with? My first actual board. I didn't know anything about it, but I ended up with a Santa Cruz Bod Boyle. Trackers. And slime ball wheels. Like I remember that. Like people were just like, "This is good. You should like, you you could just order that." And I was like, "Okay," <laughs> and, that, and that was it. Like I didn't know anything about companies or like I knew the names of like Santa Cruz and Powell, and that was it. Right. How close were you to becoming a hockey player? Uh, I was so hundred percent the opposite. Really, um, you are anti. Yeah. Well, no, I like hockey. Well, I never, hockey players were always kind of dicks. Like I played a bit of street hockey and it was mostly riding a BMX. And then I took ice skating lessons in third grade. And then I was just having so much fun just in the lessons that I wanted to stay in them. But after like four months, when a dude would normally start to play hockey it turns into figure skating if you want to stay in the lessons and i just wanted to stay in that so i took figure skating lessons oh for really like a year yeah like, you <laughs> so know i was what? like the exact opposite of a hockey player 
Wait, could you do some moves like the the spins and stuff? I was starting to get there. Whoa! Yeah, and then like hard, dude. It's well, it is like that stuff is, and like if you're gonna go beyond just like skating around, it starts to get hard. But like the more you do it, it's just like skating; it gets easier. That might be Um, a sick first date, though. Hey, babe, you want to go ice skating? I might, pretty, all of a sudden, it's just a demo. <laughs> You'd be one of like 20, 20 dudes. Oh, it's so, everybody's kid. I don't even know like how, how, uh, yeah, it just, I was just having fun in the lessons. It was, there was like, there was seriously no other guy. There was, there was a guy that was an instructor for the figure skating. Uh huh. But other than that, it was like women girls like i was like eight eight or nine yeah i was just having more fun doing that and then and i was in it until i was even actually skating at the same time like i was still in those lessons but as soon as i started skating i was i would be at like a ice skating lesson and i would just be like it started to turn more like like serious just like this teacher would just like carve out a figure eight in the ice with her heel and just be like go around this for like 20 minutes on one foot one way and then like whoa and then i'll be back and you're just like fuck and then i was just like watching a clock until i could leave (laughs) so that that was and i just started skating too so i was like watching the clock just like as soon as this is over i can go to the skate park and then like that lasted for like a week and i was like I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to, I just want to go to the skate park. I'm over it. What do you think it was? It was the, the spark that got you to just like skate, skate, skate. Like this is, you know, gravitate towards it. Did you meet somebody, but did you see something in a magazine or video or did you just have a feeling one day or like, what was it? Um, hold that thought. My friend Chloe's here with the dog. Oh, okay. One minute. No worries. (laughs) One minute. I got some grip tape I need to return, and there's something wrong with this board I bought. I can't ollie on it. The thing won't ollie. Can't get off the fucking ground on this thing. I want a fucking refund. Ignition Skate Shop, 420 West Grant Street, Lancaster, PA. Okay, I'm back. Oh, you got a dog too? Wait, I can play. I have a really wet dog. Whoa. Birdie, look. (laughs) (laughs) A spark that made me want to skate. I think, well, I was starting to see it around town, and then I was like, two blocks. Nelson's really small here, like two blocks from everything all the time. Yeah. So I was like, had you seen Back to the Future? Oh, I'd seen Back to the Future and Gleaming the Cube. And the that cube? was like, that was cool as fuck. Yep. <laughs> and later saw Thrashing. Okay. Way more hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> and then, 
Yeah, it was just like the skate scene in Nelson was just is starting to like concentrate into that park. And I remember just like going there. I just had like my BMX bike. I'm just like watching that. And then I remember one day downtown, like I saw someone, I think it was this guy, Jesse, that I later like became friends with. It was older, but I saw this guy like ollie up a curb. I was like, what? <laughs> like that, that was mind blowing. I just remember seeing that. I was like, how did he do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and my brother getting aboard. That was it. It was just all that momentum of seeing all that stuff around me. That was pretty much it. And then the fact that we had that park, everyone was just like in that building and it was open like six to eight hours a day, seven days a week. Did any big dogs come through like any pros? Um, yeah, the opening day or like, the, I don't know if it was even the opening day. Kevin Harris did a flatland demo. Is this after Langley or is this during Langley or? When Kevin Harris had his park? Uh, the Yeah, the ranch, Richmond Skate Ranch oh, Richmond. was still open. And I think that one in Langley was also there. That one so, was so fun. Yeah. And then I think I think Kevin Harris was linked to it, too, because, like, um, one of the parents was, like, kind of running. I think her name was Wendy Stevens. She was kind of, like, she would order. She, she like spearheaded this whole thing her two sons like billy and tom they skated and yeah she kind of organized making the skate park and then i think she was like ordering stuff from ultimate distribution like kevin harris's canadian distribution company uh, okay. like, and like kind of selling out of the skate park so i think that's how he ended up there huh and then later Later, like maybe like two months later or something, Sluggo and Tony Ferguson did a demo there. It might have even been like a full year later. I'm not sure, but those, yeah. So like the did first you know people I saw, were? was like, did you already um, know who they were? Or no, I'm not. I can't remember. Maybe some of the older guys did. Like then I like I started to see skate videos and stuff, but like some of the older guys at the skate park like people who were like 15 16 17 like pretty young they'd been to this richmond skate ranch and like you'd hear like stories of like colin mckay and like he was in these pal videos you could watch right and so it started to kind of like and then i think maybe that first real video coming out i can't remember which videos it was but it was huge huh. for us when questionable came out because then you'd see like Colin and Sluggo and like Tony Ferguson, like Moses. all those. And yeah, you see that. And then he's like, that guy was here. <laughs> I was there. Oh, and like, okay. you'd have, you know, friends who would go on like a road trip to Vancouver and they'd be like in the background of like the questionable video standing on the deck of the vert ramp or something and like Colin or Danny's parts. So that was pretty big. But the first, I, did, I never got to skate the ranch. Uh, so I was bummed I missed that. Dude, I went there once. Never got to go. And, and uh, Bryce was there. Like coincidentally, Bryce was on a trip, and like I was like, "Whoa, that's Bryce Knight." Like I'm in Vancouver, and there's another dude from SF. What the? It was so sick. Yeah, like, that was so sick. It was like a replica of 
animal chin with the, that was the first time I ever skated trannies on top of a deck. Yeah, baby. It's so it's weird how you, we like, you know, you end up meeting these people like later in life. But you don't know each other at all. And then like ninety two, yeah. remember? I know. <laughs> that was like, That's the whole Back to the Future. It's like, dude, if I went back, like we would have high five, fucking went out and barbecued. But I was just like, hi, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. It's such a cool thing. But yeah, did, the, that Nelson Park was that was a huge spark. How did the sponsorship come about? Did you put together a tape or something, or or? contesting or how did that go my first sponsor was a shop called the boarding house and i think they might have even been run out of the richmond skate ranch they were based in richmond for a while and then later moved to vancouver and i was just i was like 14 13 14 and some friends had like vh like big giant vhs cameras and people slowly got like smaller like high eight cameras and stuff uh-huh. and i would just order stuff. like there wasn't a skate shop in nelson for a long time like it went through phases where like so we would just mail order stuff from shops in vancouver and these i just put together a sponsor me tape and sent it to the boarding house just like been ordering stuff from them just send these guys i think they started just they like sent me like a shirt and some grip tape and like we'll give you 10 percent off i was like no way i'm sponsored <laughs> like so psyched like so just so psyched shitting myself like i'm getting 10 percent off from a shop in vancouver <laughs> oh my god that were ended up being it was so cool of those guys to do that and then randomly those guys, like some of the guys are just, these are just guys that work in, in the shop. Um, one guy, he's like, a, I think he judged the Olympics. His name was Mike Pregnell. He like judged, <laughs> he was a, one of the skateboard judges. He worked at boarding house and he was on a snowboard trip with friends. And he was like, Oh, let's go to the Kootenays. That's the region that Nelson is in. Like, because it's really famous for snowboarding. Like, uh, we might be able to stay with this kid that we like give grip tape to. <laughs> and so they like, they called and they, and like Mike, this guy, Damien and some other guy named Wade. And like, I'm still friends with, I haven't ever heard of Wade again, but like, I still know all these guys. They like stayed with my mom and grandmother and brother when I was like 14. And we just skated the park and like, they went snowboarding but That's- then, be- and because of that, just meeting them, then I think that was like 96, a long time ago. But I think, yeah, I was like 14 or 15. But then because my mom had like met these guys, she was like, oh, if you want to go to watch Slam City Jam, like you can take the bus down to Vancouver and like stay with Mike. Uh-huh. And so I, I did that. And so it just kind of opened all these like doors into just like, oh, now I like know skaters in Vancouver. Okay. And then was, was real your first like board sponsor? No, the first board sponsor. It's like at the, in the summer of 1996, my like mom, grandmother and brother, me, we like moved to Victoria. So we left Nelson, moved to Victoria through that skate park being in Nelson, like I'd also met other people, just skateboarders in Vancouver, which is pretty rad. There's like 
no age limit in skating because it was like 15 and had friends that are like 22, 23, like all these skateboarders and they'll total, they're just fine with like a 15 year old. Oh, this 15 year old's coming to stay with us. So rad how that works. Dude, that's amazing. So like, yeah. <laughs> so, and then once I was in um, Victoria, you can catch a city bus and then the ferry and then another bus and you're in Vancouver. So then I was like going there like just every other weekend, like alone <laughs> and just go stay with these people I'd met. And then I ended up riding somehow I ended up riding for cherry bombs, which was also Rick McCrank's first sponsor. Uh. And like I met Rick once in Victoria, he was filming. I can't, he, I think he's with, a guy named Jeff Logan, who was like a Vancouver ripper at the time. I can't, I can't really remember like who he was with. And then somehow I can't even remember exactly how, but I ended up getting boards from them. Renovations. Um, I ended up getting boards from Cherry Bombs. And then in that same fall of like 96, um, Cherry Bombs was doing a tour just like around like Vancouver Island and some places in BC and then and Rick was on it and he was actually already riding for Plan B but he was friends with everybody on the team uh-huh. and they were going to California and Rick was like and so I'd like been skating with them for like a week and then they were going to yeah, we also went to Seattle and Portland. And then I think like they were also going to California. Rick was kind of getting a ride with them. And it was like his last like skate tour with Cherry Bombs. And he was on plan B and everything. And he was like, he should come. And I was like, okay. And just like call my mom like, hey, uh, I can go to San Francisco now. So that was like my first. So I got to go to SF on this one trip, which was that was like mind blowing. It had never been that to was that was cherry bomb though. That was cherry bombs. Yes. Ah. So I was like riding for this Canadian skate company called Cherry Bombs, <laughs> which was so rad. It was owned by this lady Michelle McBurney, huh. and she just started. She was just kind of did anything she wanted, and she just started this company. I think she lived in Whistler when she started it. And then she would travel back and forth to California all the time. Mm. And yeah, I just, I just got to go. So this like 1996, like moved from Nelson to Victoria. So that was like a huge, like blast of, of like getting out of a tiny town. And then I could skate Vancouver all the time, start getting boards from this company, get to go to California, like all within this really short period. And then I think that lasted for like a year and then Cherry Bombs was kind of done. No, still just like living in Victoria, like going to high school and stuff. And then there was another like Slam City Jam, which just used to be huge because the whole skate industry would show up in Vancouver. Yeah. um, Yeah. It was so fun. It was, it was a rad time. The contest kind of, it was just a way different animal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was so, it was just a different thing. Like every, everybody was into it 
And um, Slam City was rad because you could just see like every single pro you could imagine. And there was the real thing started at the White Rock Skate Park south of Vancouver. They had like a pre-contest like barbecue skate jam. Uh-huh. And that's the one where like Chad Muska crooked grinds the handrail holding the ghetto blaster oh, yeah, and slam yeah, yeah. all the bodies fell out of it and stuff. Yeah. And um I was supposed to go on that actually. Poncho was there, right? Yeah. The Think team was there. Yeah, I was um, I, I was with Think at that time and I was supposed to go with them, but it something happened. Fuck. We would have met. But then. we met right after we met right after that, I think. Really? Yeah, like didn't you come to SF after you got on real and then we filmed the how to 5050? No way. <laughs> Fuck. That's how bad my memory is now. That was you. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. I don't remember. That's <laughs> a long time. Was that like that might have been like 98 or something maybe. 7. Yeah, I feel like that would have been 98 or 99, maybe. Okay. Um, basically, Mickey was just there at that White Rock jam. Okay. And I was just skating around. He liked the way I skated. And I loved deluxe companies at that time. Like, I was so, like, I really was super into deluxe ever since seeing, like, well, nonfiction all the real videos, me and my friends were super into the first stereo video when that came out. Yeah. Loved dollars skating. Just like, I was so stoked on anything deluxe. And then Mickey was just stoking the game. Gave me a board. I think he gave me some wheels too. And he's like, call me in a couple of weeks when I'm back from this trip. Mm. It was just like me and my friend Quinn were just like looking at the board, like, oh, <laughs> like shaking. Like, Holy fuck. Just tripping on that whole whole thing. That was just like the weekend hadn't even really started, but we're just like, wow, we just saw Muska eat shit and batteries fall out of his oh, ghetto yeah. blaster. And he got a, got a board from Mickey Reyes. Holy fuck. This is insane. <laughs> like such a rad experience. Yeah. And just got to see the whole contest and everything. It was so rad. Did you went to San Francisco though, right? Yeah, man, it was nuts. I just I called Mickey. Basically, I think they were going to a shred for life benefit in New Jersey. Ah. And he just like brought me out on that whole thing. No way. Like got me a ticket to San Francisco. We didn't even stay there. Then we I'd never even been on I think that was my first flight ever. <laughs> so, and that's your first like that skate was, trip too. Then probably like legit with a team and shit. Or, yeah. I mean, we, we, we got cherry bombs in there, but I mean like with a U.S. like. Re- oh yeah. Th- this was like, that was the first like. Who's all, do like, you remember who went on a, that? Was it like stereo real everybody or just real or. Uh, Chris Posteris, huh. I think Ryan Wilburn was there for for a minute. He was there at some point. Um, is Mickey, Gabe Morford, Chris Posteris? I think Ryan Wilburn showed up for a minute. 
I think we met up with Quim Cardona, but I might be confusing that with like a Great Lakes tour that we did later. Okay. And we skated with Huff too. Like my mind is just like, like what, like what the fuck? I'm in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, we skated with Huff. Are you like kind of like? I couldn't believe I was there. Yeah. Are you just like whoa? It's like oh, it trying like, try not to fan out in the car. It was it was mental for me. Uh-huh. Like it was the just the craziest experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> like so many, so many random. Like fuck, I think we were in like Rhode Island or something, and like the cops kicked us out of a hotel at like five in the morning. It's like those a few of those guys went out and like just got hammered oh yeah started trashing when they came back and then it was so random because they're they just like okay there's all these like all these dudes that are drunk and we're trashing the place and then you just got this like underage canadian kid with you (laughs) and the cops pulled me aside like are you okay (laughs) we can get you out of here (laughs) like that's all it's i'm fine i'm fine like (laughs) like everything's totally fine i don't need to leave like these are my friends like nothing's weird like i'm safe don't worry <laughs> just like Holy shit. totally pulled me aside and he's like are you okay <laughs> do you need to get out of this fuck yeah. i'm totally fine but like it was just like at that time who are your dudes like who who would be like your number like who are you most stoked on just in skateboarding not even like deluxe necessarily like were you fucking um, Gons, Nodis, or one of those guys, or Julian, or I don't know, McCrank, obviously, right? Um, man, skating like, especially if you're like a kid from Canada, it's like skating with Rick was and is still like fuck. He's skating so good now, but is weird how good he. <laughs> you just like think of a trick. And that was it. It was learned. He wouldn't even have to actually like try it. Yeah. How did he get so good? Just pure energy. He's never drank alcohol in his life too. I think that definitely helps. That's a Joe Brooke uh, tactic. Yeah. And just insane talent in gnarly amount of energy. Um, So I was always stoked on him because He's like one of those people, like you'd skate with him and you'd just be like, I don't think they need to sponsor us. They've got you. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know why they're giving anyone else for the free stuff. Like, yeah. You can do everything. <laughs> um, but I was, man, I was stoked on all the classic skateboarders like Mike Carroll, uh. Gons, Colin McKay. Rick McCrank. I love Jeremy Ray. Like, oh yeah, as a kid, like that got me jumping off of a ton of shit. Like Debbie does blockhead, and his like secondhand smoke plan B part. I was really psyched on Jeremy Ray. And I think in like our hometown scene too, like everybody, like the older skaters were super into like trying to huck yourself off of stairs and handrails and stuff. Yeah. So De- I was, I was psyched on that too. And then we skated a lot of like transitions, like mini ramps and stuff too. So like, I don't know, like the Jim's ramp jam video, like that kind of era. Dude, like people Phil like and Cardiel like and 
Wade Spade, yeah. All those, all those kind of people. That was amazing. Like um, Bob Burnquist, especially that era of Bob yeah. was like that was really special. That was like he's obviously like always so insane. Um, and then I mean, Toy Machine too. Toy Machine and Eastern Exposure video, like those came out kind of in '96. Oh, would you get that those was, up there? Yeah, like and that Donnie was Barley like, and like Reese yeah. and all them. So Donnie, like Donnie Barley's part in Eastern Exposure Don, Three. That the way he was skated was up. like that was so much power, man. And just but the style, like the way he skated, it was like it was East Coast, like. It was similar to the guys that were out here that I was stoked on. Like you could just see yeah. like, okay, that guy has this guy's influence, but they've never even met, but it was just like, that's the kind of skater I want. Like if he skated a mini ramp, yeah. he still charged it the same way as he skated the Hills. Yeah. And, and he could skate everything yeah. and he skated fast. Yeah. It's so much pop and so much control. Yeah. Remember me and my friend Quinn, like, we saw Donnie Barley at that 1996 Slam City, like just pop a 360 flip on a bank. I think he bailed it, and we were already screaming. It was just like so popped high. We we're like, "Oh my god!" He didn't even need to land it for us. We we're just like, "Do you see how high he popped that?" What the hell? I know. Um, oh, and like Jeff Rowley, um, and I mean Jamie Thomas too. Like, welcome to hell. At- think anybody that wasn't influenced by that would be lying yeah <laughs> if they said that they weren't like just to see that and like taking it to that level of the filming and editing too like it, jamie was so instrumental in like being one of the first people if not the first person in skateboarding with the death lens yeah that was like a new a new era had come in yeah so just and, i mean he his skating was it spoke for itself but then like when you realized yeah. how hands-on he was with like the filming the editing i mean i heard some story about how he took that uh what was it the end i think maybe a jim more or no it, i forget what song it was but he took the song and, be, and he filmed his part to the song like he knew the song before he even had one trick and he's like i'm gonna do this put it here do this put it here have a line put it here like he was like, like, and that was a long time ago. People have probably done that now, but like when Jamie did that, it was like, are you insane? Like you just put your tricks down, put the best one at the end and then throw the song over it. And it's done. No, he's like, yeah. he's planning stuff, man. Yeah. He's not like, nothing's just happening. No, I know. I know. I know. There's a, there's a formula going on. Yeah. Like way more organized than I would ever be. Holy shit. But I mean, <laughs> when you get it all edited up like that, you can tell the difference. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Is it, did you end up skating for adrenaline at some point? I did. I did. That was, I mean, I basically in a roundabout way kind of do again, like, cause Toad's been giving me blood wizard stuff, uh. but yeah. So like, I guess like back to the, to the real stuff, I like rode for them and then, like I was 18 and like 99 and stuff. And I was just like living in Victoria. And then I think I was kind of like at this point in life where I probably 
should have or could have. Like, I had a roommate that was, like, eternally pissed off at me because he'd be like, why the fuck are you here? You need to go down to California. Like, you're an idiot. Yeah. What the fuck? I think I just, like, liked living in Vancouver at that period, and I just didn't, like, go to San Francisco and just, like, okay, I ride for real. Time to do this. Right. Like, I'm moving to California. And I just kind of stayed living in Canada. And I think it just, I think I just felt like I kind of faded out of the scene a little bit. And then I think I would just go on like trips to California with friends and then like bump into toad. And I think we were like bumped into minor and they're like, Hey, would you want some stuff from adrenaline? And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> like That sounds awesome. You guys are sweet. Like we hang out. Yeah. It wasn't even, it wasn't, yeah. It was, so I've thought about this a lot, like, throughout life. Like, fuck, did I just blow that, like, so hard? Huh. But you can't, like, go back in time. Like, man, I, I did ride for real. Yapple dapple. Way back then. But I think I was just, like, head in the clouds, kind of, like, living in Vancouver, skating all the time, but just, like, not really being productive or, like, just slap yourself and be like, dude, you have this chance. Like, go do that right now. Mm -hmm. So then that, yeah, just like over a few years, just kind of like morphed into like still in Canada, like in some adrenaline boards. They were like small company. Yeah. Getting stuff from them, like doing my thing, just skating, working. And then I think that they eventually like went under or like stopped doing what they were doing you know because it was like small company kind of tough to make a go at it mm -hmm. and, then, and then at that point i was just like working skating camping riding motorcycles like just living in vancouver and then after a while i was like fuck this kind of sucks <laughs> and then i was wondering if i could like I like i wonder if i could be sponsored again or if i'm like too old i think i was like 23 <laughs> like which nowadays is like so young, but felt like it was old back then. Yeah. Yeah. It is I weird. remember no. when people turned 21, when I was like, whatever, 16 or 17, I was like, they're still skating. Yeah. <laughs> like totally. I was like, this is insane. We can skate till we're in our twenties. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre uh, to think about now. Mm -hmm. Cause now, like you can skate so much older now. Yeah. Like the, fully sponsored in the game it's amazing that it's like it's morphed into that i think back then you definitely felt like you shouldn't or like i don't think you, pe many people did right like it was hard to well and it was also i mean it was kind of still new like you know people had skated like tony alva and those dudes obviously but like street skating and what we know as skateboarding today where you're hucking your sh shit downstairs and doing handrails like our generation was the first to do that stuff so we didn't know how long yeah. it's gonna last like i remember people being like cory duffel he, his career is not gonna be very long what the fuck have you done seeing how many jumps that guy would do off roofs and all that stuff they're like he, you know he, i mean cory's still going uh but we didn't know you know, but, no. you know, I remember my favorite one was uh, Rob Welsh. He was like, 
man, it must be nice to make a living off of frontside air. Whoa, that was heavy. Fuck. That's, I mean, that's, that's unreal. (laughs) He's on point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think too, like you just need some luck, right? Like some people just, you blow out a knee, you blow out a knee. You're kind of screwed. Right. You see like so many, like, I remember like seeing people around that would come out and they're like flow or they're like just starting to ride for someone. And they just like, you, you're young, but they just like blow out a knee and you haven't quite like gotten established in the industry or something. And then you just, you're kind of, that you just kind of fade out, you just get taken out by injuries and or something. And then there's people that are just like, you just don't get hurt long enough or you just don't, I don't know. You have good luck. Yeah. Don't get like some kind of crazy injury that right that puts you out for too long. Yeah. Or or like you know you need money to like sustain yourself when you get hurt and like can't work or like can't skate for a long time and then you just kind of like get going on different directions. Yeah. Were you thinking as you grew up like you've done a lot of time in in California, lived here for a bit. Were you thinking that? it's easier to live for you in Vancouver than it is here, or it's about the same or like stress level wise, like uh, income, all that kind of stuff. Like, were you, or were you like, I got to be in California no matter what, if I'm going to keep this thing going or like, I think, I think in those, in those younger days, I don't think I, I didn't consider any like, um, like financial thing as far as, living i think i just felt comfortable just being in canada uh-huh. just like it's your like home. To my community of friends right and so i just kind of i just stayed there okay yeah but like yeah it's one of those things where you can like go back you're like shit i had like i rode for real like so long ago like wow fuck <laughs> and then what and then you're like what did i do i just like wash dishes and skated Hastings a bunch. <laughs> but like I had a great time. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want to take those years away because it was a blast. Like yeah. It was so we had such a good crew. It was so much fun. You probably saw Chalmers do some pretty rad shit. Yeah. I don't know. I got to just see a lot of stuff and like just kind of live live life up there. Like my early twenties just living in BC were awesome it's a it's a really nice place oh i love it yeah i miss california too like oh my god when i moved back here and it just the rain started and didn't shut off for four months that was like really questioning what i'd done (laughs) do you ever get one of those uh lights the mood lights oh i haven't but man I might. <laughs> they have those up there for some people battle depression when it gets too like dark and rainy for too long. Yeah, it's a thing. Like it's I think at the time that time change is coming up pretty soon. No, we're fucked next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, like you're really gonna start waking up this early. This is when like, uh Netflix and Chill was created. It's too chill. Yeah. So did you get a phone call one day from Jamie Thomas or something? How does the zero thing happen? They restarted stereo. <laughs> that was before zero. That was right. But yeah. So like Keegan's a dishwasher, lives in Vancouver, <laughs> skates all the time. Um, Michelle and Rick start antisocial. Oh, right. 
they're gonna make a video it's like oh no way fuck yeah so we're just like we got like our little like scene like that was kind of the stuff that i like dude and that that was when i was kind of living still living in bc i was just like liked my group of friends that we had up there you skated so, to the pogues in that one yeah <laughs> whose choice was that that rules i love the pogues um that was it was me and uh, my friend his nickname is ma p mike payette he was my roommate at the time and we were all just kind of like it's a dirty old town right yeah we were actually like we were up we were up drinking one night and he was like what if your video part started like this and he like climbs up on the fireplace and like boneless into the living room he's like what if he just walked up and like put the record player on the dirty old town and i think it was saint patrick's day and then that was basically like oh yeah that should be the song i don't know if i'll i probably should have filmed that intro (laughs) (laughs) but that was basically that night with him and then pretty much because of him we were just like listening to a lot of pogues around the house that's good when i watched and the wire i got so into them because they use the pogues a lot in that show the wire yeah oh it gets here it gets the blood flowing yeah <laughs> and then that so that just happened from that and then yeah we like we made that video and i think and the, at that time too i was just like man i wonder if i could be sponsored again or if i'm like am i too old like i don't know and then matt irving was working for stereo oh doing shit, their really graphics and I'd, I'd met him when i was like 16 in victoria like seeing him around at the skate park uh-huh. so i think he he would like pay attention to like stuff coming out of vancouver and then he i think he saw that video and was kind of responsible for like make getting it to those guys and like I'd been on a trip with um, Chris Bosters before, so he knew who I was, and they were trying to like come up with their team, I guess. All right. And so then that led to basically like another flight down to California and like hang out with these guys. And then I think, yeah, everything worked like it was a good scene. I was stoked to just be like kind of back in the mix, like. And they were starting stereo again. That was like one of my favorite com- like teams and stuff and all their old videos. Jason Lee wasn't doing it. At- he, he was in on it. And actually oh. like he, he left a message on like the landline, like answering machine at the house. Like my rumor, it's like, dude, Jason Lee just left a message <laughs> on the answering machine. Like what the fuck? Like no way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I should call him back. I think I called him with like I would go to the corner store and get those like long distance calling cards, like five bucks, so you could call long distance. (laughs) I called him back on that, and it just like yeah, that just led to like the same thing happening again. Well, it's funny too because it's with Chris Posters. It's almost like the same people again. But just like outside of deluxe, like starting this thing again. I was like, fuck, I'm in. And yeah, met up with them, stayed with Chris in LA, skated around, like and then that led to like that led to a few few trips. Uh-huh. Really fun trips. Like the team was super fun. Benny Fairfax, Clint Peterson. Oh right. Me, Jason, and Chris. And then and like ended up like going to out to like Tampa a couple times because of that connection with those guys. Like they're like, Oh, Hey, we'll send you here. Go to this. 
And then I think actually maybe at Tampa, I think maybe that was like one of those contests. Like I think Jamie, you got some, you got like top three in one, right? One of them. Yeah. That was later after riding for zero. I think it was 2006 was, I got third. Like I just wasn't that into it anymore. I just remember going on a trip with Jason Lee and I was like, he was like a God to me. And he, he really wasn't into like specifically like rail skating and like hucking yourself down shit and thought like that was just like a shitty thing. And I'm just like a fan of skating. And I was like, I, I think it's sick. Like I like to jump down the handrail if I want to like, fuck, it's hard. Yeah. It's awesome. And it was just, I just kind of felt like not that psyched on it. I was like, what does it matter? Like, who cares? You don't have to skate it, but it's fucking sick. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't skate the mega ramp, but it's fucking rad. I wish I could. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Pommier, I think he he got me in touch with... He just phoned me one day. Because like, I was like skating a lot with him. And I think he could just kind of tell I wasn't really feeling it anymore. He was like, hey, you should call Jamie Thomas. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why should I call those guys? That's it's like another, like, always looked up to him, but then also never could ever imagine myself. I just didn't think I'd be good enough, uh-huh. right? Like, to skate for something like that? Because there's, it's zero. Like, dude, that's like, what are you, you're not, you don't need me there to skate handrails. Like, yeah. That's pathetic. <laughs> Yeah, you're but, you're a different mold. Like those guys are kind of a specific mold, and you're outside of that mold. I mean, I think that your skating is some some could say more eclectic, uh, but like yeah. Tommy Sandoval, Chris Cole, these guys are going big guns on fucking. So fuck, like, they're so good. dibs on the handrail, guys. I need my trick first. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I love those guys. Like fuck, Tommy is like one of them. Uh. Tommy. most epic humans I've ever met in my life yeah. and he'll skate anything like he'll fuck up a manual pad yeah and then front side flip a 20 stair and then skate a mini ramp like they're all so rad I mean they won king of the road like four times so you know they're fucking like they're not fucking around <laughs> no so like that like I, I called Jamie and um he flew me down and I like hung out with them and I was kind of I was I'd already met John Rattray through friends oh, yeah. in Vancouver that met him like when him and all the Scottish friends like first came, I think they'd all finished university in like 99 right. and they all came. I never met him in 99, but I remember like, Oh, those are all these like Scottish guys. They're like here, they just all finished university and they're just like skating and partying and like traveling around. I didn't meet him on that trip, but I had friends that knew him. And then I'd since met him when he'd visited. Uh-huh. So I knew him and like John obviously rode for zero. So like Jamie flew me down and I stayed with John. But what's that phone call like? You, Hey, Jamie, this Keegan fly me down. You're going to want to see my shit in person. Like what I do you I think? I was just like, <laughs> I can't even be talking about this stuff. I can't even believe it happened. I'm like, wow, did this really take place? <laughs> I was like still riding for stereo and like, he, yeah, they flew me down. Like I didn't tell anyone, but it was kind of like, it, it was kind of like, like talked about, like come down and skate and see if we're a fit. Like, 
if we like yeah, if we totally. vibe together or something yeah like hey we'll fly you down meet everybody just hang out you know see if this works and like right. you everybody everybody likes you like kind of stuff means like maybe i think actually like Rattray might have been out of town actually i don't even think i stayed with him that yeah he was gone somewhere i didn't even stay with him that that trip uh-huh and it was so like i gotta tell this one story like i got like i didn't know anybody and like the guy is hilarious he was the team manager at the time chris botterford uh. i think he was like super sick when he he like physically he had a cold when he picked me up at the airport i think uh-huh. and like my flight landed in san diego at like midnight and he had this crazy Volkswagen that was super fast. It was like the most high-end like golf. So this guy just like picks me up. He's like, I have a sore throat. And then just looks at the road and we just go like a hundred miles per hour back up to Vista. And he's like not saying anything. I'm just sitting in the car like, fuck, this is going to be weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my. Where, like, and then he's just like, I'm going to go to bed. There was like, you know, help yourself the kitchen, like, and I'm just on the couch and just, wow, this is so like, I don't know. Like, you know, I wasn't staying with John yet or anything. And then we just like, um, maybe Jamie picked me up in the next morning. He might've picked me up and we like went to black box Uh. and just like hung out. And then I think like Matt Winterberg picked me up. Shout out. And then I kind of just like stayed with Matt and a bunch of people and I loved it because I was just like, man, they are just about shredding. No one gives a fuck about anything else. Like this is, and everyone's so rad. And I just loved that they were just like skating. That's it. Like the best skating that you can do. Like that's fuck. Let's get it. And I was like, fuck, this is a good scene. There's, it's not about like anything. Cause so there was like a little bit of a strange, I don't know, maybe people will be pissed off hearing me say this, but like, I, th- I remember hearing Jason once, like we need to save skating. I was like, I think it's fine. <laughs> like it's totally fine. Yeah. Like skate. fine. We don't need to sa- We just need to skate. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's all there is. <laughs> like it's, it doesn't need anything. And then the zero is just like shred. That's it. I was like, fuck. This is very straightforward. I like this. And and they were, Jamie, we had a, I, I even, I think I said to him, I was like, obviously don't want me here to skate handrails because like you guys are the best at that. Yeah. He's like, no, no, we just want like well-rounded team. And like, it was, I was so thankful for that opportunity. It was insane. I never imagined that. I still don't even feel like I was ever good enough that team like blew my mind as a kid and I can't, yeah, I can't even believe I like got on that, like opened so many doors for other stuff to happen. And you, like, you got the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you like, know, was, I'm flying a fucking aerial with the zero fucking I don't even, it was a zero team board. I think. Yeah. That was, it's uh, Re- Reed's port or Waldport. Reed's port. Reed, Reed's port. Yeah. It was on that like bros in the bulls trip with like was that Lance yeah. Mountain and Grosso? Lance Grosso, Graham, and John. What a sick fucking one that must have been. You guys went to Klamath Falls on that one too? 
Yeah, we went there as well. Yeah. Yeah, just it just like getting to I basically like lived with the rat race uh-huh. on and off like probably like five months out of the year. I was just on their couch. Good people. Just like skating with Winterberg, skating with all the zero people, tons of trips, and it just like opened doors for like all like got on Ruka and Vans and like that whole do you think travel just exploded from from there? Do you think you were skating like the most in that era? Yeah, I think so. Like with the energy and their influence and everything, dude. You gotta tell me the Aruka story. You gotta like traveling with Jimmy and Leo and shit. Like, oh my god, those guys! Like, <laughs> if you if you have like a soft spot, they are going to find it and fucking rip you apart. Oh my God. Did you, who, but if you can hang, it's awesome. Who did you room with on those trips? Cairo a lot. Cause like going all the way back to 96 and cherry bombs, like my first trip ever to San Francisco, the first night we were there, we like skated the library and I met Cairo that night. Like, he was up and coming and that night actually he like ollied over into the street over one of the parking meters. Oh shit. And it ended up being, I think it's actually in his four one one, like wheels of fortune or something. And we like skated China banks, but I remember like I met him that night. So then now I'm like on a team with him and like, I'd seen him, I, I would see him like throughout the years, like sometimes, because he also like he would travel to Vancouver every now and then, and yeah, we've always just been friends. Like, and then when I was living in the Bay Area, so it was like it was really cool who, to now be on a team with him too. Did, did he end up getting it the worst? Who got it the worst on the Ruka trips? Man, no, there was. I mean, a good thing is like Ruka and Jimmy; they're all about equality. Like everyone gets it. <laughs> No, no one is free. <laughs> it seems like Leo wouldn't get it much. No, fuck, he gets it so bad. Like, oh, he does. Yeah, it's like it's a give and take I thing. Love for their Leo and Jimmy back and forth is good. Yeah, it, it would be nonstop. A lot. Sometimes it would get kind of like you'd be kind of tired, be like, <laughs> "Oh my god, can I just can we just talk about like the weather right now for a second? <laughs> Not like, can you just not yell at me for like five minutes? Maybe Austin Stevens didn't get it so bad because he's like so perfect that he was the unicorn. Uh, That's that was the rip on him that he was so perfect and that he was the unicorn. Huh? He would kind of fly under the radar. I, I feel. I, I feel like Ed Templeton or somebody went to uh, what was the company they started after Ruka. Eswick. I feel like somebody went to Eswick with them and then they're like, fuck, I, I'm going back to Ruka because you guys are too gnarly. I want, maybe it was Ed. I don't know. I Is that on Ruka? I, I don't, I think so. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I remember, I just remember yeah. hearing tales like, dude, they almost made Cairo cry. Like, this is like crazy shit. Oh my God. I remember the first time Hammocky went on a trip with them and nobody had met Hammocky and Leo was hit me up. And he's like, dude, this guy's a murderer. Like, <laughs> they, It was fuck, man. It was harsh. Like they would, they would definitely break people, even their friends. I think like they would drive Burnett crazy. Oh, I'm sure. I feel like the more they know you, the more they can 
get away with. Like, you know what I mean? Like if they don't know you that well, they'll start off slow, but if they know you well, it's just on. Oh yeah. It's man. And even if they don't know you, it's <laughs> it was, yeah. I don't know. There's n- nothing really like, no, I can't remember any like crazy Ruka stories or anything. Like we would just skate tons laugh a lot because everyone's just ripping shit on each other and right so <laughs> when do you get your name on a board um 2009 strange world when that came out and is it a surprise or was there a build-up to 28 <laughs> <laughs> um no i knew i knew that that would be I figured that was probably coming. I think I might have known. Did it that say it was- Keegan in zero letters or like what was the graphic? Uh, oh, the first graphic was a tattoo that my friend Jamer, rest in peace, gave me in 2007. That was your Jamer- first graphic? Yeah. Uh-oh. It was- Here it comes. Yeah. That one, the... Oh, sick. Like... There's like lightning coming out of a crotch area with a board, maybe. Yeah. With a board and mismatched shoes. And he like the tattoos that I have are just from my old friend Jamer. And cause he would be like, only idiots pay for tattoos. <laughs> and then one time I was visiting him and he was like, look at this tattoo I found on the internet. It's hilarious. Like that's that tattoo. And I was like, huh? You think it would look good right there? And he's like, let's do it. <laughs> that was it. There was like no thought or no story behind it. I was like, oh, that'd be a good first graphic. I don't even know who originally drew it or anything. Are you one of those guys that you go to demos and now you're like, dude, the spotlight told me I'm pro now. Like, did it change things or were you like, it's just the same? Um, it kind of felt the same, I think. Okay. I know some dudes that fucked their brain up so hard, like they couldn't skate in front of people for a while because they felt like all of a sudden now they're being judged like way heavier. And some people are just like, it's what they put my name on a board. I'm still the same dude. Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe it didn't as well. Cause I was just like, I was older. I was 28 and stuff. And like, I, and I could see that, you know, like, okay, like you guys, obviously I'm not the best guy on zero by a mile, but you just want me for me. Right. So, okay. <laughs> that sounds good. And like, man, I'm like, it was definitely like a childhood dream for sure. Like yeah. I remember when I was like 10 and I first like saw a skate video, I can't remember, might've been banned this. And it was like, you can be a pro skateboarder. Like that's a thing. I totally, I was like, that is the coolest thing in the world. Right. I was like, that's something that exists. That's real. It's real. It exists. Fuck man. It is the coolest thing that you can actually do. Right. <laughs> it's rad. It was a cool, like, this is an insane milestone to, to get. I mean, it kind of feels in some ways from my perspective, it's kind of like the top of the mountain. And now it's just like, how long can I hold on to this? Like, maybe you could do better video parts, but like, I'm, yeah. I'm pro now, like, like, and I'm on zero. It's like, you know, arguably one of the better fucking board teams, especially at that time. So you're, you're kind of like at the pinnacle and you're like, Ooh. Yeah. Oh man. I was definitely like, 
yeah, life was like pretty sweet right. at that point. Lot, it was like I love just the travel. That's the shit that we live for. Tra- like that was the best part, and just actually like I can't believe I get paid to do this, especially now. Like the last like maybe like seven years has kind of been like the journey to figure out what it is I do after skating. Like I still skate, but you know, like probably when I was like thirty three, it was like okay. I know it's coming. Like I got to figure out what I do. Like I still skate and do all the things I normally do, but like, what do you, how do you start making money again after this? Yeah. That's a tricky one. That's a real tricky one. And the longer you wait, the harder it gets to like try something new, but that's, that's your strength. I think, I think like knowing you, like you do so many new things all the time that you're like, you went to, college for a while then you you lived in oakland you you moved to vancouver back you're doing the helicopter you're not afraid to just quit your job and try to figure like i'm kind of like more of like anxiety driven where i'm like fuck i i need something else before i you know or something like that don't worry i have piles of anxiety about it (laughs) me Uh uh-huh yeah man like it's terrifying i'm like god damn it i'm like i'm 40 now i'm like shit okay now i don't have a job like i want to fly but i also it's really hard to get flying like i only have like for four years i still only have 320 hours of like flight time yeah so it's like fuck i'm like still looking for a job and it's just like oh you don't really have much experience i'm like oh but I like left a flying job where I flew in the summer, but I also was like, it was taking like, you know, I could eventually see like becoming single again. And just like, I could have stayed there and just stayed working, huh. but I was like, I need a balance in my life again. Like this is all I'm doing is working. Right. Like if that was the goal, I've done it. If all I ever wanted to do is work, I've, I've nailed it. I have that covered. Okay. But I need, you know, hey. what's the point if you're not like seeing your friends and family and stuff? Yeah, I know. It's You got to find the balance. It's like we're skateboarders. We rely on balance. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you have to have some good times. You can't just only work. But I think working is good for you, though. Like, I've oh been no, for- you need responsibility and you need drive and you need like purpose. Yeah, and then it makes your time off. Like when you get a weekend, you'll just like you'll go after the weekend so hard. Yeah, it was nuts. The last like four years, I can't even like. I can't believe I worked that much. Really? Like sometimes it'd be like. Like the having a weekend off was like really, are you sure? Fuck. You'd like walk around another corner of the building and see someone else be like, "So tomorrow at four a.m. I need you to meet me here. We're gonna be going <laughs> be done by nine p.m." Yeah. Just be like, oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so like having a weekend off was like you could never even count on that. It's like the whole. Or even being in town, you'd get a weekend off. You'd be like, well, we're on a barge at the northern tip of Vancouver Island. If I get the day off, like, uh, what am I going to do? Dive off the barge? (laughs) 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 Like, which I would do. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you're like, great. I have two days off and we're like 100 Ah. miles 
from a gas station. Like, what am I going to do on this day off? <laughs> a lot of people do go fishing. Yeah, fishing is <laughs> probably a good sport. Well, I got a question for you. I bet you've never heard before. What's the, what's the major difference between skating for a company ran by Antonia Stinchu and skating for a company ran by Jamie Thomas? I think that that's Schmidting. Um, they're way different, <laughs> I guess. It's a little more stressful skating for Toad, right? It's the Schmidt eating grin. Yeah, he's just so particular. <laughs> like if you put your grip tape on wrong, he needs deadlines and you board in the crash. <laughs> really demanding. <laughs> Fuck. I, I mean, it's the chillest thing ever, but I also have to say, like, Toad's basically sponsoring, like, a 40-year-old machinist trucker pilot <laughs> who's unemployed and lives in Canada. But Jamie Thomas was sponsoring, like, a 25-year-old version of me that was, like, just skating. Ah, I see. Yeah. So it's different. Um, classic conversation, though, like, for sure, like, riding for Jamie was, like, He's intense. Yeah. Like, definitely. Did you go on some of those tours? Yeah. Yeah, we went on some, like, Where, yeah. Like some they drive tours. all night to get to the next town, and, like, there's not a lot of break in the action. It's just, like, go, go, go. Totally. Like, that's, it's so real. Yeah. Maybe that kind of prepared me a bit for the helicopter company. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it's, like, there's, I think the best way I can describe it is like for Jamie, that makes sense. And if you're on that same page or if you like are in the right window to ride that wave and go with it, like you're going to get a lot done. No question. Like he's Jamie Thomas. I'm Keegan Sauter. Like there's like no question, right? Like it works if you're like willing to do it, but it's like, I don't know how he got his energy. He's yeah. just, he's a machine. Yeah. It seems like you need a break after, after for like a fucking, whoa, I'm fucking beat after that one. Yeah. And I think like in a lot of writing for zero, like it was awesome, but I probably like in some ways too, like I kind of need things to be, like I've never really been that productive, like filming and shooting photos and stuff. It's always been like kind of, it's, it's definitely hard for me. So like I, a lighthearted approach where things are like fun or even funny. Like I'm definitely more into it. Yeah. If things are kind of like flowing, but the like, and I've gotten tricks at like midnight or, one in the morning with the generator and lights, but it's not, it, it wasn't always, I don't think that was like my environment to thrive in really. Uh -huh. That was, it was hard. And I, I mean, yeah, man, there's like tons, tons of stories. It's like, what's the gnarliest thing that you saw happen on a skateboard that you were there for? Like, what have you seen go down where you're like, Holy fuck. Like uh, I saw Danny way jump off the, off the fucking uh, guitar at the uh, Hard Rock oh, Cafe. Yeah. That was pretty gnarly. And then Bob's dropped in Switch, uh, you know. But, like, uh, Strubing was like, dude, I was there when Schaefer tried the loop. That was the gnarliest thing. Oh, like, oh my God. Yeah. That was bad. I think, fuck, I remember being at that Wallenberg contest in 2009. Yeah. 
That was ridiculous. Where Cole did the back 360, like after he hit his head and then he just got up and made the next one. Yeah, which almost makes it seem like like it's not gnarly because it's like happening so easily Uh, and everyone's doing it. You're like, wait, isn't that thing big? Uh, now now everyone's just skating it like what the fuck is happening yeah probably you know some of the like it was always a treat to see tommy sandoval like on some of those tours like fuck man he would go for it like just he would like fly in and just be there for four days and just be like this fucking rules and he'd like board slide or front board like a 17 stair rail oh man after just driving and like skating a demo and it was, that stuff was so crazy i was like how like fuck you're so motivated right like if you come to a rail that you're gonna skate what what's your go-to to warm up are you board sliding it or grinding it uh probably, probably both <laughs> i would always like try to ollie stuff too i would like try to ollie the stairs beside it but getting on the rail for the first time to feel it out like do you go to axle or do you go to uh slide probably board slide yeah yeah unless like you just can't because of the the like way the rail's set up that one rail that you do a 50 50 and i feel like it has a kink and a bend in it it's like in a little pathway I feel like it's on a hill in San Francisco somewhere, maybe. Like, oh, I, I think that was in Daly City or something, dude. It like got on as a flat. It wasn't that big or anything. It was like getting on a flat bar and then it just went down. I always just get hyped spot. on the spot, though. I'm like, where the fuck is that? Like, I never saw I that before. I couldn't even tell you where that is. It's probably in Daly City. Huh. Like, I, I don't actually even know. Okay where that is <laughs> so right yeah I know that. that's like Alyssa had some clip of a uh, something in daily city too and she was like i don't really know where that was but we could try it <laughs> i don't know so many like yeah in that era i think we'd be like actually i'd be driving around with Alyssa a lot and we'd be like listening to the team america world police movie bonjour everyone don't worry everything is bold we stopped like the just terrorists. listening to the actual whole movie <laughs> and then just like arrive somewhere like Kyle Camarillo would be like, here, check this thing out. And I'd be like, I didn't even know like how we got there. Huh. We'd just be like, seriously listening to team America. <laughs> America. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. We had that yeah. on rotation heavy for a while too. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to do that. Just like play a movie, like the whole, just the audio, <laughs> the whole, like all day at Team America. Oh, like again. not just the song. You were just listening to the whole movie being the movie, like with the line. <laughs> <and everything. laughs> yeah, I'm going to try that tomorrow. See how far I yeah, get. She would have it. Alyssa had that on her phone and we just like listen to the actual entire movie, all the acting like. What's one thing about Alyssa that not many people know? I think everyone knows she's the best. (laughs) Um, I don't know. She's pretty open. She doesn't really keep secrets. (laughs) I know that I've never seen it. She rips BMX, though. That's what I was going to say. And also, she knows a lot about engines. She knows a lot about a lot of things. She knew the difference between a pan head and uh, whatever the other head is. Like she was like, oh, that oh, that's a that's a panhead, huh? And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was rad. 
You know what, too? She will also, she's so confident that even if she didn't know, she'd be like, that panhead? <laughs> but she'll just come at yeah. you like so confident. Oh, yeah. like, she knows what it is. I miss her, man. I, I, Her and Rachel, like, I don't see them very much anymore. Like, I feel like this COVID thing has really, like, isolated me. Like, it, well, you're, you're in San Francisco, right? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, and you don't see her very much. Not that much, but... I, I think that they're both super busy. Uh, Alyssa got Nar Hunters uh, distributed out of Baker. No way. Yeah, so she's killing it. And then Nike, you know, has whatever she's doing with Nike, too. But I know every so once in a while, I'll be like, can we just go get lunch or coffee? Like, just to like high five. Like, I miss you. But I might just start lurking the beach with in a wetsuit. Like, <laughs> you'll you'll see her eventually. Yeah. <laughs> It's so odd that she just like had, she was just so into surfing mm. and she's just like, I think I'm going to skate again. And she's just that good. It's just like, yep, it still works. I mean, with the girls movement and it's so rad to see like so many more girls are skating now and their level has gotten so much better. Like, it's just like this really rad time for, oh for, God, for and, but with that being said, Alyssa is the Alyssa of that whole thing. So it's like, hi, I'm Alyssa. <laughs> it's like she probably has so many things that she has to kind of be the, you know, spokesperson for this thing and, and whatnot. And uh, that that could be ch- just as stressful as filming a part. Her welcome to hell part. That was Whew. didn't even like, I don't know, not many women skated like that. You just had yeah. like. Where, like I'd seen, like I knew girls that skated, but like that level was. I mean, weird. Marissa Del Santo, like that that part. So that, oh my God. that part was. I don't know if anyone will ever do that again. I was like, that was insane. I do remember seeing her like kickflip front board that rail. I think it's in Little Rock, Arkansas, on the waterfront. It's in Arkansas somewhere. But we were on a trip, and she did that. Fuck, like so good. Like I, I've never done that trick. Yeah, that's a fucking she scary one. Good and hilarious. We had such a good like that zero posse. Yeah, it was fun, man. Like it, we had rad trips. Well, man, so many things like the industry changed so much. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that Thrasher like is Thrasher. I know. <laughs> like it's the last one. And it's, it's dude, long, and it's so thick. I don't know. It's amazing. But it basically look at like if I'm looking for magazines, it'll be like, well, National Geographic and Thrasher. Oh, right. National Geographic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Industry changed so much. It's it's changed in a lot of awesome ways, it looks like. I'm pretty out of it. Yeah. Like, but fuck, it's cool. Like anything goes at this point. It's so rad. Everything is cool. Anything goes. Well, I think I'm thinking about starting a sticker company. And I bring I, back the sticker. I want to bring see my sticker. You do need to talk to Welsh about that because I think he's on the like more fuck stickers side of things. No way, really. Maybe I kind of remember him saying that. Okay, it- well then he's not going to be invited. I'm going to have a team. <laughs> Yeah, dog. And it's going to be stickers so you, anybody can ride for it. There will be no conflict. Are you out of your mind? Oh, yeah, because it's a sticker of that person's sponsor. Anyway. Yeah. 
<laughs> what if you were going to have to make Mount Rushmore? This is one I've been asking a lot of people. Mount Rushmore skateboarding. Who's, whose heads are going to go up there? Whoa, that's a weird one. It's hard to put skating into just like that many people. Yeah. Four people? Yeah. Okay, how about this? We limit it to Canadians. Canadians. Yep. And 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 you can you can't use all three members of Rush. Okay, Wayne Gretzky and the Desenzo brothers. Yeah, that's my new band. Wayne Gretzky yeah. and the Desenzo brothers. I think your future is bright. Take off, Hoser. Coming out of Wayne Gretzky, these are the Desenzo brothers. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. We got we got fucking Chris Hoslam, uh, Mark Appleyard, uh, Rick Rick oh, McCrank, and then. Colin McKay. That's my four. That's really, I'd say, yeah. Throw the Ricks in there. Colin McKay. Howard as well. Oh, I forgot about Howard. Sorry, Rick. Well, people forget. <laughs> yeah. He might be Americanized now. He's still Canadian. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, he's been down there in the industry for and then a long time. You down can- below Mount Rushmore, there's this little mountain and Sam Devlin's in there. You know that dude? Yes, I've only met him a couple times. He was so good. And then I think he got into some problemos. I actually went my first time to Vancouver. I stayed with Sluggo and that dude. And then we ran into this kid. I I feel like his name was Uno or Udo. Udo, U-D-O. And his parents had just left town for a month to go to Santa Cruz. And me and my friend were in our Volkswagen bus. They had a California license plate. He's like, dude, what's up? You guys skate? Like, my my family just went to Santa Cruz. We're like, whoa, we're from SF. He's like, you need a place to stay? And we just stayed at his house for like two and a half weeks. And it was the sickest shit ever. Like, we were just like, we went everywhere. That's when we went to the island. Uh, Kevin wow. Harris' skate park, Langley. It was so rad. Dude, that sounds like an amazing trip. I miss that. Like, I miss traveling. I might be actually coming down to California in like a week and a bit with Rick. Oh, really? Yeah. He wants to go down for a road trip because I think the border is opening to Canadians on the 8th or 9th of November. Oh, it's not even open right now? Uh, Not for non-essential travel. You can't go. Okay. To non-essential travel. So we've been, Canadians have been allowed to fly there for a little while now, but now we're allowed to drive across the border to the U.S. Dude, I love Canada a lot. And I I think it's beautiful. And I think the people are nice there. I think it's the worst border I've ever been. Like getting in and out of there, especially getting in. Dude, they fuck with us as Americans. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is kind of what other people feel like maybe coming to us, yeah, but I won't lie. I've been messed with worse going home into Canada as than- a Canadian. Yes. <laughs> when I went to the vans, uh, the US side has always been relatively good. When like- we went, when we went to that vans contest, the, at the, the U S whatever it was, it was at the snake run the, or the at Hastings. Bowl, yeah. Yeah. Everybody got strip searched. Like everyone went to secondary, got strip searched. Like it was like, 
it was so crazy. I remember like Vern Laird was like, I'm never coming back here again. No, they're so harsh. They really when, when you get inside, it's the best. But yeah, that's always been my gripe. I'm like, ooh, can we get one of those papers that you show and like you're an essential or something so they don't fuck with you crossing? I, I don't know. It's it is notoriously bad though. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've had I've been like told that you know, like if like, do you smoke cigarettes? No. Okay, well, if I find a rolling paper in this car, I'm gonna rip the doors off. Right. I've heard like, that one too. Because you, like, you oh, lied to me okay. once. I mean, they're like, yeah. where are they? And like, what drugs? I'm like, there are no drugs in the car. If you have to rip the doors off, then that's your job. I will wait wherever you tell me to wait. Like, I just like. Oh. Okay, like it's Four. nuts. Yeah. You're just like I there's nothing there. I don't know. You're going to do what you need to do. You can. You're that's the craziest part too is like you have no rights. You're in a no man's land like you can't they can make a joke and they can laugh but you can't. You just have to stand there and just smile. It's like just like talking to cops like you, you feel so like helpless it's like you can't do anything just to be like yeah yeah well shit um dude thanks for taking the time and meeting up if you guys come down this way hit me up please yeah man i i'm pretty sure the trip is happening like i'll socially i'll social distance or whatever i gotta do no i think i think we should be fine let's uh yeah social closeness Social closeness. Yeah. Uh, what treats are you working with these days? You got anything good in the freezer? You got any good ice cream go-tos or cake? Tons of ice cream in the fridge right now. And well, it's, I got a box of Halloween candy, two kinds of ice cream, some apple crumble from a friend. It's looking pretty diabetic over here. <laughs> Dude, I went fucking 15 pounds after I got married and then I had to put the brakes on. <laughs> I, was, I was on the Ben and Jerry challenge, self Ben and Jerry challenge, where I was trying a different pint every day to get to know every flavor and figure out what the best one is. If you're going to do that, you need to do some kind of like physical <laughs> challenge to justify it. Hashtag, are you okay? Oh, yeah. But my physical challenge was like walking to Safeway to get the pie. You need to like dig a trench to Safeway and then Dude, put it in no, on the- I broke out with an eczema rash and I went to the, uh, to the doctor and they're like, I was like, I don't know what happened. They're like, well, what do you have you? change your detergent or anything i was like no the only thing i changed was i didn't eat dairy for a while and then i started eating ice cream 11 days in a row she's like (laughs) stop eating so much yeah so i now i'm back off dairy but it was a fun run i got like one fourth of the way you better leave this shit in here don't be telling this is negative or not this is life i really like americone dream and uh i think the other one is fish food maybe or something I think my favorite, I actually haven't been able to find it in Canada. You uh. can Ben and Jerry's, but it's Chubby Hubby. Ooh. Which you were. <laughs> I, I still might be. We're, we're working our way back, though. Yeah, Chubby Hubby is a fan favorite. Like, because I was doing these things on my stories where it was this or that and having yeah. people vote. So I made like a whole, dude, I went crazy during the lockdown. I'm just like, 
what do I do? Indoor time. Okay, I'm going to make a sweet 64 with every flavor and have people vote and then find out the winner. And I got through the first 32. I might do the second round next week. Were you guys, was was lockdown pretty serious down there? Like, were you yeah, in, in, S- in SF, they really give you like uh, the stink eye if you're like walking around without a mask or like, like, yeah, it was like really crazy for a while. And then now it's kind of back to normal, but like we still have to wear masks all indoors and, and yeah, we're still, we're still on masks indoors. Yeah. Same. Like, so it's probably similar. Yeah. It's not like us that didn't get as bad as Australia though, where they like actually get fines if they're like out Dude, of their radius. It's, and it's stuff. bad there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I know. I want to go there too, but it sucks. You can't not, really not for go. a minute. Who's uh, who's the contact I need at um, fucking what is it? Antisocial. I want to get one of their uh, stickers. It probably costs a lot, but I'll pay for shipping or whatever. Um, I can text you Michelle's phone number. She is, is she pretty this year? Is she hands on with it, or does she have like a a person? She's pretty hands-on. Oh, okay, sure. I'll send her. Uh, that'd be rad. Cause she's uh, hands in. Hands in. What the fuck is that? Yeah, she's hands in. We got like these shirts that I made. See, this is. I wear shirts. I'm wearing yeah. one right now. I'll get you when you come down here. But uh, plat. I don't know if this is going to be controversial, but there's this distribution called Platform, and they were carrying the stuff in Canada for us. Why would it be controversial? I don't know. Maybe is Kevin Harris still have a, a place? Oh yeah, they still have. Hey, I, I don't. Is there beef? I don't know. I don't know Canadian politics, but like if they had to get into a keg and wrestle or something, it might. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty much <laughs> like it's gonna be Canadian standoff. <laughs> sorry, Can- sorry, Canadian sorry. standoff would be so good. Yeah, and then one person just collapses because they said sorry too many times. Huh? Who's ever on that side of that keyboard? I'm coming for you, man. Sorry. All right. Well, dude, I love you very much. Love so you too, man. Miss you. And uh, if you guys come down, yeah, hit me up and I'll meet you anywhere. And uh, yeah, we, we always end with some rock and roll, rap, jazz, anything of your whatever you feel like if you were in a bar and you're like, I need this song right now to kick yeah. ass. Dude, well, the first thing that popped in my head was Satisfaction by Devo. Devo, okay. Yeah. I Perfect. don't know why. As soon as you said that, I was like, Devo, can't get no satisfaction. It's pretty f- crazy. Uh, I w- became friends with Jason Jesse, and he was telling me that a while ago, he ended up with Devo's guitar, the cloud guitar. Whoa. I think they sold it to a pawn shop or something, and he, he, got, he saw it and he bought it. And he had it or whatever for a long guitar. Yeah, that cloud one. And then he gave it back to them. And so he's kind of like got a relation with them through all that. And I was like, that is so epic. I'm so I got to see them in 2006 in Seattle before I think it was one of the Bobs died. I mean, they're pretty old now. For sure. I saw them. They played for free at City Hall in SF. Oh, so rad. Yeah, I got photos of it. It's re- it was so sick. Yeah, they're like they are they're like they're the best band. De evolution. It's happening right now. I feel like we are in a state of decline, like stupid is just taking over. <laughs> Have you ever seen Idiocracy? I love it. Yeah. 
that's it. It's happened. It's happening right now. Yes, let's all watch Idiocracy tonight and try Yes, if you haven't seen it, watch Idiocracy and then compare it to real life. Hell yeah. I'm just trying to relearn my 20s. <laughs> Try to relive that cover shot. What was that like when you saw the cover? Was that like fucking life hammer? Dude, well, the the timing of that actually happening was nuts. Um, was that like a bigger sensation? So okay. basically that summer sprained my ankle really bad, like once on that trip. And then two other times within like a couple of weeks, just like destroying myself. Um, me and a girlfriend of like a couple of years break up. I'm just like devastated by that. And then I'm actually like the day I found out I had the cover, I was like just all like depression drinking the night before, like realizing like, okay, like, She's with another dude. Like, this is just like, ah, my ankle's broken. My girlfriend dumped me. Like, I'm, everything's shit. And then I think Joe Krolik messaged me. He filmed for bands. And he's like, hey, nice cover. And I'm just like, you know, like, in such a wretched condition. <laughs> and just like, what? Like, <laughs> it was just like a flip phone, like no image or something. Like, oh, okay. Rasher cover. Just the tech. Yeah. And it was just like, it was like, I, it was seriously like a ray of light and just like an absolute shit storm. It was just like, oh my God, is this real? And then like find out like, wow, fuck. Like the cool, you know, just like 12 people a year get to be on that. And like, yeah. When you think about those odds, it's like really unlikely you're ever going to be on the cover of Thrasher. Yeah. I mean, there's but, a lot wow. of really good skateboarders that have never been on. Yeah, so many better than me. And like, you just like, what? I'm on the cover. So that was like just an uplifting moment of just fuck. I think even all oh, that day, I seriously had just dropped my dog off at the vet. Uh, get, like Bloody diarrhea, like just the worst, shittiest day. And then just like, this is the best news. And it kind of just like lifted me up into like, there's life. Like I need to, I'll get past all this. And like, that's life. Like let's go forward. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, cool. That was like the day uh, I found that out. And like, I was in such a slump at that actual moment when I got that news, I didn't even see it, but I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> turn the day around. Completely. It can all work. It's going to work. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, Keegan. Thanks for thanks for everything, dude. Thanks for diving into uh, Zoom and learning how to do this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, man. It's about time I if I'm gonna like uh, you know be successful in the next careers, whatever. I better learn how to have a video chat. Don't let the COVID keep you down. Use it as an excuse for everything, but don't let it keep you down. No, it's it's getting better. Life's been it, my life is fine. I have no nothing to complain about. Okay, I'm yeah, fine. and maybe I'm coming on a road trip finally. Here we go. Hopefully there'll be a sticker back there, hand delivered. Where should where should we put it? Over, over as some space that's empty, so you don't cover something else up. Yeah, I'm gonna call <laughs> Rob Welsh right after this and talk sticker etiquette. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I might be wrong, but I think he was not into stickers. 
Well, dude, take it easy up there and I'll, hopefully I'll see you soon. Reach out anytime. I'm, I'm kind of hibernating too down here. So I'm always around. Okay. Well, man, Bay area is beautiful. Go for a bike ride or something. Oh yeah. I got my Santa Cruz dog. Good. Go and hit toad up and go ride. I know. Golden Gate Park is actually pretty fun. They got little uh, jumps and trails and it's because I'm not like pro like, you know, but you don't uh, have to be to have fun. That's the best. part. Yeah. I just don't like going at those jumps where like if you don't hit it, you're going to die. And if you do hit it, you're probably going to (laughs) die. They're pretty fun. I've gotten into that in the last couple of years, like up here. That's awesome. That's super addictive. I got to like learn. Yeah, I'm going to hit up Toad. I got to like have somebody teach me like how you go from sucking to not sucking. Just time. It's just time. You just got to like do little jumps, little jumps, and eventually they'll get bigger. Yeah, it's the same. It's like the same idea as skating. I got to ride with Toad and Cardiel like two years ago at Whistler on the the mountain. And that was like sick. Those guys are John charges, right? Yeah, he's (laughs) nuts. He's so fast and he hits jumps and like he can do all the like I can't do like he does like proper tabletops and Oh, how cool. What a fun experience. I can't believe I got to actually ride with those guys. I hope we do it again. Yeah. It was insane. All right. Well, I'm going to go ride my bike tomorrow for you. All right, man. Awesome. Hell yeah. Good talking to you. We'll talk soon. Yeah, dude. Good to catch up. Maybe I'll see you in SF. Yeah, I hope so. All right. All right. Later, bro. (laughs) Take care, man. You too. Till next time. I'll shut the screen off now. Nanu, nanu. Nanu, nanu.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at TalkingSchmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.